0: Today, and welcome to the story behind the story for the week of June 14th. How did we get halfway through June?
1: No idea. Anyway,
0: we're all wondering that today. I'm Ken Waddell, publisher of the Nipah Banner and Press. With me, I have our managing editor, Jake. Jake. (laughs) Kate Jackmanacki. Jake.
2: Wait, am I supposed to be here? I guess I should go.
0: (laughs) Jake, go write some
2: news.
0: (laughs) Anyway. Uh, Whatever.
2: And the guy next to me.
0: Yeah, Ralph right.
3: Devereaux. Ralph Devereaux. <laughs> it's
0: How's Owen. It it's Owen
3: Devereaux. <laughs> E-O-I-N. It's Irish. The good, the good Christian for style good, of spelling it, For yes. John. Anyway, now that we got that all <laughs> of the way. Jake and John on the couch telling you about the news. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, words are hard. The words are they're hard. They're, they're getting harder as I get older. I <laughs> Anyway, oh well. Anyway, we have uh, a packed paper this week because it's also our our grad issue. And uh, we're always very proud of our grad issue. And um, this this year is no exception. Lots of uh, pictures of young and aspiring students Mm -hmm. who are heading out on their life journey. And uh, Kate actually talks a little bit about that in her column. We'll get to that in a few minutes. But on the um, front page is a... Happy occasion, mm-hmm. I guess, but it is commemorating um, D-Day, and uh, so I don't know, Owen, you were there.
2: No, no, no. Penny, no. Was no. There. Eh? Penny was Penny there. Penny was, and he covered it for Yeah. Oh, okay, I thought yeah. Owen was no. going to go to that. Okay,
0: no. what do I know? <laughs> anyway, um, no comment. Pe- Penny, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know your name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was, so. <laughs> anyway. They had a, a D-Day rem- Remembrance Service in Gladstone. And it's a very nice picture there. The
2: and all the area legions participated in it. Yeah. That was sort of yeah. the regional uh, event.
0: Yep. Yeah. Very
1: cool.
3: And uh, just, I'll, I'll chime in real quick. The, the story behind the story aspect of it, and I said this to Kate, because uh, we had, when we do front pages, mm. we have multiple versions of it. Mm. and We make a decision. And when I saw this, and I said this to Kate, this brought out an emotional response in me when I mm-hmm. saw it. Just the simplicity of it, the one word. Mm-hmm. It just, that really resonated with me. And mm-hmm. I, I, th- I think it's definitely going to resonate with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think what's really interesting is that they actually had one uh, World War II veteran who was taking part in it as well. Oh. And they're 99 years old. And there's not a lot of those folks around anymore.
0: No, no, no. No, no. Oh. And... Uh, yeah, you could read about it in the paper. There, interesting story about a longtime friend, actually of our family, mm-hmm. from way back uh, when my family used to live in the mm-hmm. Gladstone area. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mr. Loban mm-hmm. is uh, quite, quite the gentleman. Yeah, all you can say about him.
2: Yeah, uh, I uh, done a lot of stuff, yeah. uh,
0: and still doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, you know.
2: yeah, yeah ni- ninety-nine years old, and I know I had the privilege of talking to him when we did our VE Day. Uh, Feature about where people were when they heard the war in Europe was over and I had the privilege of talking to them then
3: and a tremendous shout out as well to the Gladstone Legion Branch 110 um, I had the opportunity during Remembrance Day to go out there for their ceremonies it was the first time i had been out there and I was awestruck by just the circumstance, the pomp and circumstance mm-hmm. they put behind it. Mm-hmm. It was really inspiring. And, and to see the pictures yeah. from, from this as well, yeah. they really did a commendable job. They really
2: did, yeah. They do, yeah. A, they do a very good job uh, honoring their veterans. I know I've been out there for, they do a dinner to honor the veterans, or at least they did, and I know I attended that, and it was, right. it was very powerful.
0: Wow. Cool. Uh, Kate, you're up yeah section B
2: yeah so I apparently I'm talking about grads this year so we have our grad section which we do every year um, and if you happen to get this uh, and you live in the area you can actually attend the ceremonies we've listed where all the area grad ceremonies will be held on the front page of our B section Um, and uh, this is just it's really nice to be able to showcase all of the students who are graduating in the area and it's also nice uh, we kind of see uh, we get a good sense of how many grads there are in uh, in a large scale because we have to try and fit them all into a certain number of pages. And this year it was a little harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little
0: bigger classes in yeah. some places. That's cool. Yeah. That's good.
2: So, And it's nice that we also have um, some pictures from the colonies as well as their names. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I guess another, maybe an interesting little story behind the stories tidbit is that when the colonies send in their pictures, and they don't all do, but they, they actually do portraits, not, you know, like you're sitting in front of the, you know, the screen and you're holding your fake books, uh, but they're actually like out, you know, they're in, um, you know, with a backdrop of an old barn or a field or a bay, like they're actually very beautiful portraits that they do of the students and what a nice way, uh, I don't know, I feel that that's a nice way to commemorate uh, this achievement other than maybe just that standard cap and gown picture that, yeah. that, that, that we all have. That we're used yeah. to, yeah, yeah, yeah
0: cool. Good job on
3: there. And just the amount of work that was put into it this year by uh, John Drinkwater, mm-hmm. uh, Diane, Diane Warner, Warner. and, and Kira Patterson so, yeah. as well. Sandra
2: yeah. did quite a bit Sandra of work on that as well. a lot of the digging
3: on it too. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so
2: this is a real, uh, we get to talk about it, but there's a huge number of people in the office who actually did the hard work bringing this The together. amount of
3: people behind the scenes that, that just continue week in and week out and yeah. do this, but they don't want to be, they don't want to sit on the couch. They keep sending <laughs> us over. <laughs> Well, I guess
2: because they want us, maybe they want us out of the office so they can do some real work.
3: Uh,
0: well, next next week we're gonna fix them because I'm not gonna be there. Yeah. So <laughs> to, but one of them won't be over here. <laughs> Our editorials this week. Um, uh, I just had a big raging argument here with uh, Becky, our office manager here. Then I found out she was agreeing with me, or <laughs> I was agreeing with her. So <laughs> we're so used.
2: Those to are it. always the best arguments. Even when
3: people agree with you, it turns into a thing.
0: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, I cover a few issues, and I guess the, there's a number in there. But um, the one that's probably the most controversial, and, uh, and uh, I doubt very much it'll ever be adopted, is that you know they got a goose problem in the city of Winnipeg. They've got a food shortage mm-hmm. at the food banks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the First Nations people, especially, and a lot of others, are very well equipped to uh, uh, hunt with a low, short range mm-hmm. bow and arrows. I suggest we knock out about a thousand geese, process them and send the meat to the food bank. Mm-hmm. I think it's a heck of a solution and i hope a whole bunch of people get mad at me about that because then we'll just turn around and say well you know what you want the disease you want the danger you want the the pollution on the parks you want all this stuff and you want people to be short of meat go for it go for it Uh, It, it's cruel and it's harsh in a lot of ways but slaughtering there's no easy way around
3: it uh, hold on a second ken kill the geese i'll 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 disagree with you by agreeing with you i don't think it's cruel and harsh to a degree what is the grand scale difference then i mean we eat chicken on a daily basis Mm -hmm. We eat turkey. Good point. Uh, mm-hmm. And and geese are not endangered. Mm-hmm. The no, are point. they ever
0: not? They're endangered. not
3: endangered right now. No, this is not, not, not a rare peacock that we're <laughs> we're making up with some you know tartar sauce and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, come on, on don't you know peacock gravy. goes
2: better with honey mustard.
3: <laughs> well, there you go. I'm not cultured that way, no. <laughs> anyway, I get all my peacock from processing. Oh. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> think. The reason there's so many geese in southern Manitoba now is because there's so many snow geese in the north Mm -hmm. and the snow geese are aggressive and they drive the Canada geese out of their normal uh, nesting habitat Mm -hmm. okay the reason there's so many snow geese in the north is because around 1950 the government said oh all you Inuit people you can't live in in igloos in the winter and tents in the summer we'll put you in plywood houses in Churchill or Nunavut Mm -hmm. or, or wherever well the problem is to this day, and the wildlife people confirm this, and the people who lived in the north confirm this, not nearly done on the scale it was before, but harvesting goose eggs
1: mm-hmm.
0: is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Loon eggs, they don't care as long as they're good eggs. Mm-hmm. And they put them, they were, in the old days, they would dig a hole, mm-hmm. get them down close to the permafrost, and those eggs would last for months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, if you gather an egg and eat it, mm-hmm. it does not become a goose.
3: No. Again, up north, it doesn't take that long to dig down to the permafrost. It's <laughs> no, It's a exactly. lot closer yes. than you think. Anyway,
0: Kate, tell us about your column.
2: Well... I as Ken mentioned I talk a little bit about this year's grads and uh, I also talk about I feel like this is a topic that we have talked about quite a bit here but we're gonna talk about it again and that Worst is repeating. it is um, and that is entrepreneurship and the challenge that we collectively will face as all of the older entrepreneurs like Ken uh, Die. or retire was what I was gonna say okay. but sure that's probably gonna happen too yeah um, and you know whether how many of this year's grads have thought about, have even thought about small business ownership, whether that's buying an existing business or starting their own. And I would say probably not a lot of them.
0: Well, it's interesting you mention that because uh, on, uh, in, in our paper mm-hmm. this week, uh, do we, We yes, are talking we're about it, yeah. Talk, we'll come back to that. Actually, yeah.
3: that's a very good segue. I we'll be able to talk about that now.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah let's, let's talk that. about it now.
0: New owner Pyramid Collision. Yeah. They... Uh, um, track here. Adrian Mack. Adrian Mack. <laughs> yeah. Raised here. Yep. Yeah. Uh, mom and dad, dad works here. Mom has a business here. Mm-hmm. Uncles have businesses here. Mm-hmm. Family deeply rooted in this community. Aunt,
1: uh, Aunt has business? Aunt has
0: a, bi- Aunt, Aunt has a business yeah. Yeah. Uh, in in Minnedosa mm-hmm. and on and on it goes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she worked for Pyramid Collision. Mm-hmm. And then she went to Winnipeg and mm-hmm. she worked two or three different places. Yeah, eh? yeah and a, then
2: a, a number of different places
0: yeah. in the industry, yeah. And then decides to come home yeah. and buys Pyramid Collision. Mm-hmm. Now, interesting story on a number of fronts. One is it's not common for mm-hmm. a woman to own an auto body mm-hmm. shop or more importantly maybe actually do that body yes. work. She yeah, and she
2: is actually, she's a level, yeah, yeah, she's, I can't remember if she's got, she's for sure got her level two. I don't know if she's got her level three or not. I, I can't yeah. remember off the top of my head, but she is actually trained in in vehicle bodywork yeah yep.
0: and so the thing here is yeah she
2: does have her level three
0: level three fantastic yeah. the thing is here uh, there's a person with an entrepreneurial background mm-hmm. got all the academic qualifications mm-hmm. going through the whole thing mm-hmm. and then has now come home yeah that to me is a great that's a story.
2: Fantastic, fantastic success story. yes and yeah. we,
0: we need more and more people yeah. to to come home and, and do that. And
2: that is one of the things that I talk about is that we maybe don't need the class of, you know, 2019 to rush right out and, you know, take over or start businesses. Let them have some time to, to build some skills and maybe build some capital and decide what they really want to do. But we as communities need to plant the seeds that that they, that they their dreams can grow here. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm doing my part. Mm-hmm. You are. My two grandsons yeah. joined the business. Yeah. And, I mean, Will it be long term? Long term, don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, they went to school, uh, went away, got some other jobs, mm-hmm. did some other things, mm-hmm. and now they're they're, they're, they're not from Nipahwa, mm-hmm. but they're from the area, so yep. our general yeah. area. Cool.
3: Yeah. Um, farm and leisure auto lotto, lotto Owen. I almost said auto. <laughs> you t- auto Ottawa. Motor. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you talk about dreams when it comes to you know work and all that, but uh, dreams are a lot easier when you got a couple bucks in the bank. There's a, a few pennies
2: p- to rub together. Precisely,
3: <laughs> and there's a few people and locals at that yep. that are a little bit richer now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the farm and leisure lotto. If you're not aware, it's an annual event that goes on. It's a fundraiser mm-hmm. put together by the Nipawan District Medical Committee. Uh, it's done a tremendous job raising money for several several organizations or or structures here most notably the uh, medical clinic Mm -hmm. the money this year that's raised is gonna be going towards the uh, parking lot putting in uh, concrete Mm -hmm. and uh, in the parking lot and sprucing up the exterior Mm -hmm. but they got to give some of that money away and they gave away a hundred thousand dollars in the grand prize wonderful to hear that it went to Sharon Mm Suskey of Arden a local who has been supportive of the lottery for so many years, not just buying tickets, but also volunteering. Mm-hmm. You love to hear things yes. like that.
2: It's been, a, I mean, it's, it's you know, whoever wins, it's nice that the lottery supports our community, but this year it's been really good. We've had two locals win the big prizes, and that's, uh, I don't know, it's nice to see that money stay local.
3: You make a good point there, Kate. The other, mm-hmm. relatively, a little further mm-hmm. away, but still within mm-hmm. within our catchment area. I was area. Also
2: talking about the early bird. The early bird winner was another... Oh, yes, you're century. right for about yeah. that. Yeah.
3: Fishers yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, for the 5050, which this year was just over $44,000, mm. $45,000, nice. actually. And it ended up going to a uh, Florence Lowey of uh, Laurier. Laurier. Yeah. yeah. So and they've been supportive of it as well. When I spoke to her the other day, she said they've been in Manitoba 17 years. Mm. They've bought from the lottery for 10 years. They've always been supportive. They see the value of it. Mm. So it's a great win-win. I mean, some local people getting it, and of course, us getting the local support.
2: Does anyone ever take the prize instead of the money?
3: I don't know that they ever have. I
2: don't think as long as we've had it here that anyone has.
3: No. In the four or five years I've been here, not once. No. no, no,
2: and I don't think even before when it was for the care home for the construction of Country Meadows, I don't think. they Did they run just one or did they do multiple years? Oh, of they it did then?
3: multiple years. Yeah. yeah. Always take the cash. Yeah. yeah. Always. Yeah. You can buy your own toys with it. Yeah.
0: Well, it's interesting that uh, this medical clinic story has so many uh, ripples yeah. out in the region. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing is that the... Uh, if the medical clinic lottery had not come alongside with NADCO mm-hmm. to redevelop the clinic, now mm-hmm. the, the renovation and uh, then the expansion and then the second expansion, mm-hmm. uh, we would not be in a position where we're able to have eight doctors mm-hmm. in the clinic and room for two more. Mm-hmm. And people have said from, I think I've told this story before, People who travel Highway 16 frequently, Mm -hmm. whether they're going to Portage or to Winnipeg or whatever, in matter of course, of family or Mm -hmm. business affairs, they said it's important to them to know that the hospital in Nipah is uh, properly staffed Mm -hmm. with good staff and good doctors and that they have a good clinic Mm -hmm. here. Can you think about that for a minute, how come? If we ever have an accident, Mm -hmm. we want to know. Or a medical emergency en route we want to know we can turn into Nepal mm-hmm. and we'll be looked after as yep. best as possible we can. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty f- far yeah. view. Yeah, it is. Far sighted yeah. of people to think yeah. that way. Yeah,
2: people tend to people tend to think in terms of just their communities and I mean I guess that's certainly self-interested as well but right. um, but that's all right. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's
0: good. That's good. Anyway, it's good to, good to see. So um, then we've got another story, uh, Kate, maybe you can comment on yeah. that one that Kira maybe wrote.
2: Yeah, Kira wrote this story. Screen
0: time and child development.
2: Yes. So... She, she, um,
0: you let your kid play with the iPhone?
2: No, she sometimes grabs it and plays with it, but...
0: Has she learned how to put button push to make things happen yeah? No,
2: oh. no, and she hasn't accidentally called 911 yet either, so we're good.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, so Kira had the chance to speak to Angela Cameron, who works for Prairie Mountain Health Authority, and and she um, she works with primarily birth to five year olds, assessing developments in speech, reading, and other language skills. Uh, and she, how we found out about her was she spoke to settlement services about the um, some parents at settlement services about the uh, potential dangers of too much screen time for young children, um, and what they in the kind of child development field are, are finding um, as an increase in. Um, in some side effects of excessive technology, which, you know, which can include uh, mental health issues, vision problems, social skills, uh, all these things that you kind of want to try and prevent creating. So, um, Kira did a really interesting interview with her about, uh, you know, some of the, some impacts of excessive screen time, what you can do to limit it, um, and also pointing out, uh, you know, that, that one of the problems is that parents are pretty tied to their devices too. So yeah.
0: I know that my uh, great-grandsons are four and two, mm-hmm. and uh, they get to go and watch their auntie play volleyball, mm-hmm. and to keep them happy for two, three, four, mm-hmm. five hours mm-hmm. sometimes, uh, out comes the, mm-hmm. out comes the phone. Yeah. The oldest one likes tra- any video about trains. Okay. Doesn't matter. Toy tra- trains, yep. real trains, doesn't matter. Got to be a train. Okay. Yeah, got to be a train. Oh, that's good. Bye grandma's house, yeah. not my wife, the, his grandma, not yeah. his great-grandma, passed their house a train.
2: Yeah.
1: It was the
0: Arabs, probably, I don't know, eight, ten trains a day. Oh, okay. so he's, yeah. From the time he was old enough to look out the yeah. window, he always, all he sees yeah. is trains and yeah. loves his trains. Anyway. Yeah.
2: So anyways, this is an interesting story um, and Angela is planning to do some other presentations uh, and they are free to attend. I believe one is coming up in Carberry um, and Also, if anyone, if there are any groups that are interested in having her present, um, I believe that she's also available for that. So, kind of a good public service thing. And, uh, you know, we we pay for this type of thing through the health authority, so definitely make use of it if you have a venue that this might be informative to add to it.
0: Cool. Um, We have a story uh, this week on tick prevention, and Mm -hmm. I have to admit, I haven't even read that one yet. Mm What's the what's the scoop? This is obviously we're getting into ticks.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. Owen, oh, I think you're on the list to talk about this. I will oh, add that that um, no, Cassandra wrote it.
3: Well, I can, oh, I can. Oh, no,
2: you're right. I am on the list. Well, to talk I can about take the
3: uh, take the run <laughs> on this. Uh, I read it as well. Yeah. And it is amazing how the uh, widespread there seem to be tick issues in our area this year. Every year mm-hmm. uh, there are some cases that mm-hmm. that do pop up. But the numbers this year seem to be a little bit more than usual and they seem to be happening a little closer to quote-unquote urban areas as well there was a release sent out by the province a week or two ago cautioning about Mm -hmm. tick prevention Cassandra took that and ran with it Mm -hmm. put a local perspective on it Mm -hmm. had an opportunity to speak with uh, local uh, veterinarians Mm -hmm. about the issues and some of the preventative measures that can be done Mm -hmm. so it's something that, and again, even us talking in the office mm-hmm. or talking about, you know, Diane's horses mm-hmm. or, or your, mm-hmm. uh, your horses or your animals yeah. are, are dealing with it mm-hmm. and, and pets as mm-hmm. well. Uh, I have a dog, uh, everyone, there's a lot of people that have pets like dogs and cats mm-hmm. that are susceptible to it as mm-hmm. well.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and certainly we're seeing a rise I- or the you know the the provincial health authorities or department are seeing a rise in the number of confirmed cases of Lyme disease. So uh, certainly valuable information at the start of this season.
3: If you do end up having an animal that does have a tick th- in this story mm-hmm. as well, or a person, or a person, yeah. there are suggestions on how to properly yeah. remove it because there is a process yes. that has to be followed.
2: Yeah, see, there is a safe way to, to pull them off. And, and it's not to just whack the tick, which. Yep.
0: <laughs> no, that's not a good idea. No. Well, my wife had, I haven't had a tick yet this year, but Chris yeah. had one. Yeah. And I think she just yeah. pulled it off. Yeah she didn't have a very big bite yet. No. Yeah. Okay, well.
2: Uh, and we should also say that uh, so far Cassandra is in the running for the top headline of the year with tick prevention off your
3: checklist. You see what she did there?
0: <laughs> Good, one.
3: Amused, Good one. It amused us. We, but
2: we I, thought it was pretty funny.
3: I got to admit I'm a little simple, so, you know, it amused me.
0: Anyway.
2: Now we get to Owen.
0: Owen, we talk about. <laughs> Next three topics are sports.
2: Owen's going to close us out.
0: NACI Tigers track and field.
3: Going to be very quick on this because we are running short on time. And uh, I want to make sure Kate stays awake. Yeah. But I have to give a shout out. Wake up. (laughs) I have to give a shout out definitely to several individuals locally. Uh, First off, the uh, Nipawa Tigers track and field team. We talk about them all the time because they're just so darn good and they proved it again uh, recently, winning the AAA banner at the Provincial Track and Field Championships. Essentially, that makes them the best school outside of Winnipeg. Uh, So, for them to get a result like that, because Nipua is a relatively small Mm -hmm. school in the grand scheme, when you look at the other communities, to win that AAA Provincial banner and to do it for two consecutive years is tremendous. Have to give a shout out Mm -hmm. to Coach uh, Bryce Casilny, and to all the the members Mm -hmm. of the naci tigers track team because they put in a lot of effort we talk about them individually we talk about them as teams Mm -hmm. and uh, it's well deserved there's a lot of them that are going to be going on to post-secondary we're probably going to be talking about them on that next level Mm -hmm. as well
0: Well,
2: that's
1: good yep
0: that's fantastic they've done a fantastic job eh? yeah bryce has done a fantastic job with the training and yeah kids have done so well like I mean uh, yeah like we're getting almost used to this idea yeah. of provincial champion yeah. in yeah. a particular event you know, so like.
2: here's a question so track and field is pretty um, objective because we're talking times and height scores so how would they compare to the top school in Winnipeg any idea
3: comparable yeah they are comparable because the uh, Winnipeg schools did compete at the provincials mm-hmm. as well And uh, in a a case like this, they do compete even though they're different categories, Mm. they do compete at the same time. So we can Mm. see that comparison. Mm. And there were several cases because to get this information, I got to go through 30 pages of track and field results. I go through this. I go through that pain for you so you can get these 12 or 13 local results. Every year it's a pain. <laughs> That's the story behind the story. This is painful to get all this information sometimes. But it, it, they're comparable to Winnipeg, uh, sometimes on par with Winnipeg schools. And f- once again, for a community like mm-hmm. Nipahwa to be able to do that mm-hmm. is a tremendous. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, it's going to branch right off into a. We're going to swim off into another story mm-hmm. here. Yep. You have a story about a Nipahwa swimmer. I didn't read that story yep. either. Tell I got to give
3: thanks to uh, Rob Pihola, I should say, uh, based out of uh, porges La prairie And the uh, swim team is also based out of porges La prairie But it has Nipawal representation on it. A young man, and I do apologize if I mispronounce this, because chances are I will. Uh, Bryce uh, Kwiatkowski. Kwiatkowski? No. Kwiatkowski. Kwiatkowski? Kwiatkowski. I wasn't even close. He's been a member of the team for the last few years and he commutes, his family commutes from Nipawah to Portage to do this training on a, we- a, di- a weekly, near, sometimes near daily basis mm-hmm. to be able to compete. And he did compete at the Junior Provincial Swimming Championships, won several medals on this, had a tremendous showing, of four individual medals at the championships which were held in Winnipeg. Uh, from the bits and pieces I hear from Rob, he's, he's a low-key individual. He doesn't like the, uh, you know, the, the spotlight. He just likes the competition. But sometimes when you're there's just that darn good, sometimes you're going to get the spotlight on mm-hmm. you and have to commend him for a tremendous, tremendous season. And, and thanks to Rob for sending us that information. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, no, that's great. Cool. And, th- and that's an example. We, we are happy to showcase all of the local talent, but we need to know about it first.
3: It's not just hockey around here. We want to talk about every sport. Mm-hmm. Having said that, Moving on to hockey.
0: Yeah, you've got uh, some news in this week's paper about the MGHL draft. Big deal for the Junior Hockey League.
3: Very quickly, because we are running short on time right now, the Manitoba Junior Hockey League had its annual Bantam draft. Ypua natives had the first pick in the first round. Emphasis on had. They made a decision to trade down to fourth with Weiwei Sakapo, and in exchange, they did get that fourth pick, and the rights to a player, Nicholas uh, Guberman, Winnipeg born forward. Apparently, Ken Pearson, coach and general manager, is familiar with Nicholas. He was part of the Winkler Flyers organization. Uh, he helped to bring him in there. He ended up being traded away to Weiwei capital, but Ken sees some good stuff in this kid. So he was able to bring him into the Nipua fold. And along with that, he also picked up the fourth round pick. Oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. Nicholas Guberman was the fourth round pick. I'm getting them exchanged. It was Graham Patrick is the young man who was acquired through a trade with Weiwei Sakapo. So Patrick is the one who's going to be pretty much, you're going to see him in the lineup this year, and Guberman's the one that's going to be a little down the line where we'll be seeing him in the future.
2: So how many years away are these kids that were drafted last weekend?
3: These kids are usually around 14, 15 years old. And uh, there's very specific rules in the MJ. You don't play your first year, you know. uh, there's has to be special exemptions essentially, uh, the like the Gretzky rule back in the day. You know, Gretzky was so exceptional he got an exemption, mm-hmm. but you got to be that next level to get that. Uh, so it's going to be at least a year, maybe two years before we see some of these. Mm-hmm.
2: So, what like wh- how old are the youngest kids playing in the MJHL? Sixteen. Sixteen. 16
3: yeah, mm-hmm. and and again, that is sort of it's it's not common, but mm-hmm. you have to be a rare a rare talent to sort of hit that level. Mm-hmm. It seems
0: that the teams will have one or two 16 year olds. Mm. And it's so the 16 year olds come in are, are usually players that are probably destined to go to the next level mm-hmm. of WHL. Yep. So in their 17 or 18 year, they'll probably move up to the WHL. Yep. And then in their 20 year, because they only have allow 23 20 year olds in the WHL mm-hmm. per team, some of them will come back to their, their home
3: uh, mm-hmm.
0: junior team for their final year. So it's uh, yeah, it's quite a, quite a process. So. Yeah. Anyway, no, I was uh, interesting. I wasn't in uh, Winnipeg for the draft. I was in for the Board of Governors meeting the two days before. And uh, I didn't realize when I uh, can have known Ken Pearson all his life, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't realize now because he's uh, somewhere between 40 and 50 years old. And uh, he's getting a fair bit of silver hair. And they do call him the, the Silver Fox. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a reason for that because by tr- making that trade that he did, he gets a player that mm-hmm. he knows uh, who will play this fall. Mm-hmm. Whereas the draft would have been a player who might not play for for, for sure for two years mm-hmm. and maybe three years. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Ken obviously is looking for um, sooner results yeah. than that. With the future the, is now. The future mm-hmm. is now yep. with yep. the Nippon natives for sure. That's, uh, that's for absolute certain. So anyway, we um, are happy to be with you again this week, and we look forward to being with you next week, or the part of the crew does. Mm-hmm. I think Ken I'm doesn't
2: gonna, care about you next week.
0: Well, <laughs> I, well, I do, but I'm gonna, I'm mm. gonna, I'm gonna take the advice of a lot of people, and I'm actually gonna take five days off for a holiday with my wife.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're gonna, we're gonna travel for a bit. So uh, anyway, uh, but I might take a camera and a mm-hmm. pen, and maybe even write a story while I'm away. So anyway. So uh, if you want to get a hold of us at the Nipah Banner, please uh, don't hesitate to phone us at 204-476-3401. That's 204-476-3401. You can get a hold of us for stories at news at and advertising ads at um, So we start calling you Jake. Will that be okay? That'd or? be fine. You're Whatever. okay with that? Yeah. Okay, all right, all right. Good.
3: Jake Jackman Atkinson.
2: Ooh, that's a mouthful. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway, <laughs> we well, do have fun. I'll try and not call you Jake <laughs> again. Anyway. But no promises. No promises, though. <laughs> anyway, anyway. They, um, thanks for being with us. I'm Ken Waddell, publisher of the Deepwater Banner and Press. And the website, mywestman.ca. Uh, you can hear this show on the podcast. Yeah, uh, and you, they on go demand. Go, uh, on the website? Click on it on the website? Uh, no. Through no.
2: your favorite podcasting app. I, I, and I think we'll have a link from our website shortly.
0: Okay. And uh, Owen Devereux with us today, of course, in our news department. And uh, actually, it's John. Mm-hmm. John. <laughs> Irish version of John. There you go. Thank you so much for being with us, and uh, we'll be with you next week. Thanks again.